the end zone, has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman. everybody welcome into another episode of locked on post glad to be back with everybody built bar sponsoring every show in the month of may head over head over to builtbar.com use the promo code locked on to receive ten dollars off your first order uh, i say this as i am uh, munching down on my breakfast over here which is my banana nut bread built bar which is indistinguishable from banana nut bread so give it a try builtbar.com promo code locked on to receive ten dollars off your first order glad to be back today uh obviously usually monday wednesday friday right now in the off season monday was memorial day and i had some things going on yesterday so this is my first show of the week so this is really my first chance to uh to really talk about eddie sutton when when i saw the news saturday night it was late saturday night and i i got the update and I was a little shocked at first. That was my first reaction was just uh, shock. I, I knew it was coming, but you, you don't ever expect to get that update. And when I got that update, I really was kind of in shock for a couple minutes. And then I thought to myself, you know, this this is sad, but but it's also um, it's also kind of a happy moment, if that makes sense. And, and I, I, I want to say this the right way because Eddie was such an important member of the Oklahoma State family, but we've all known for a long time that Eddie's time was coming and Eddie wasn't doing well and, and Eddie is now um, you know reunited with his wonderful wife uh, up above and Eddie gave so much to Oklahoma State and I think that the outpouring of love that we've seen over the last several days since his passing really speaks to what it means to be part of the Oklahoma State family. And Eddie Sutton was at the head of the Oklahoma State family for a couple of decades, and people still loved, loved, loved Eddie. I remember whenever I was in college at Oklahoma State, uh, I was a freshman in 2011, graduated in May of 15, and w- when Eddie would come in the building, when, when there would be, you know, big game, small game, doesn't matter. When Eddie would come in the building and they would put Eddie on the Jumbotron, that roar was different. That respect, that love for Eddie was different, and... Um, it's just amazing everything that he gave Oklahoma State and really what he made Oklahoma State's basketball program. Dion Mate is going to join me uh, for the last couple segments today. and I'm really curious to hear his thoughts because he's not from Oklahoma. He's from the Dallas area, but uh, I know he still loved those, those young Oklahoma State teams that Eddie Sutton coached. So uh, we'll get his thoughts here in just a little bit. But I wanted to read you some thoughts from a couple of Eddie's former players, Desmond Mason and Doug Gottlieb. Uh, Desmond first. He put this out on his Instagram, and Desmond said, Right now I will remember the coach who told me he loved me for who I was, not for what I could do. I'm so happy you are hugging and kissing Mrs. Sutton. Finally, you deserved to be reunited with your queen. Coach, you once asked me, do I ever get emotional? And I said, not really. I'm not really the crying type. You told me it was okay to show emotion. Well, I am right now. You are the best, and no one can ever tell me different. Uh, It's Desmond Mason on Eddie Sutton, his coach. Obviously, we know what Desmond went on to. uh, Long career in the NBA, slam dunk contest champion and, uh, you know, notably one of the hardest workers that uh, that's ever played at Oklahoma State. And he gives so, so much credit to uh, to Eddie Sutton. He was on the franchise yesterday with Dylan and Todd, told some great Eddie stories. Uh, you can go listen to that podcast. I would highly recommend it. It's, uh, it's really good stuff. Desmond Mason talking about Eddie Sutton. And then Doug Gottlieb um, re- released a, a long statement on his Instagram page and a, a little bit of that. Uh, Doug said, Coach, you told us when we play Oklahoma or the Jayhawks, we ought to bring a pup tent because it was for war, not for the week. 
you were right. Coach, you imparted so much wisdom on us, so many simple demands that made us more disciplined men and better teammates, all while giving us the most honest feedback on earth. Thank you. It remains an irreplaceable time of growth in all of our lives. Coach, we never forgot to say I love you during our phone calls. All of us teammates still do the same. You brought me personally closer to my dearest of friends. Let us represent your school and gave me the chance to run your team. One more thing, Coach. I'm sorry we couldn't get you your national championship. We all are. The Arkansas guys, the 92 and 94 teams, the 95 guys, my squad, and the 04 team all feel this way. We wanted it for you for our program, but mostly for you. We played hard. We went to class. We had so much damn fun and let us find ourselves as players and as men. That was from Doug Gottlieb. So that's Desmond Mason and Doug Gottlieb. And then uh, Mike Boynton released some stuff uh, as well. And, and one of the things that he said, he released a picture of him with Eddie that said, one of the greatest of all time. And Coach Boynton wrote on here, said, thank you, Coach, for setting the bar in this program. Thank you for showing what the word coach really meant. And thank you for your endorsement. No other endorsement or support meant as much ever. Rest in heaven. Signed, Mike Boynton. All, all the love, the outpouring, the support for Eddie it has been phenomenal. It truly, you know, I'm, I'm fighting back emotions right now just reading these things, knowing how important Eddie was to everyone. You look at some of his most successful seasons at Oklahoma State, 0304 uh, was the best team that he had record wise, 31 and 4. That team went in 0304, won 88, nearly 89% of its games. In 99 2000, Oklahoma State went 27 and 7. Uh, that was the year Oklahoma State had Desmond Mason, Brian Monnati, Glennon Alexander, Joe Adkins. Uh, that team was absolutely loaded. That was the Elite Eight squad. The uh, Final Four squad, 95, actually was not one of the five best records uh, that Oklahoma State had while Eddie Sutton was the coach. In 04, 05, so the year after Oklahoma State went to the Final Four, Cowboys went 26-7, and seven, so it was still another phenomenal campaign. Uh, Sweet 16 that year, so it was Final Four, boom, right back to the Sweet 16 in 1991-92, uh, whenever... Uh, he got there just right after he got there, went 28-8. and eight. Uh, Oklahoma State, that was the Byron Houston, Sean Sutton team. That was good stuff. Uh, Oklahoma State made it to the Sweet 16 that year. And then in 97-98, the Cowboys were 22-7. and seven. Actually uh, finished that season 11-7. and seven. Uh, we were, They were 11-0 to start that season. That was early on in the Desmond Mason, uh, Joe Adkins era. Adrian Peterson actually led uh, Oklahoma State. Yes, no, not that Adrian Peterson, a different Adrian Peterson. Peterson led that Oklahoma State team in scoring. So, uh, so much love for Eddie Sutton. Much deserved. He is, um, you, you know, he is Mr. Oklahoma State. He, he was like the father to all of Oklahoma State for so, so long. And uh, rest in peace, Eddie. We love you. We always have. We always will. Uh, before I get out of here, I want to remind everyone, every show in the month of May brought to you by Built Bar. Head over to BuiltBar.com. Check out everything they have to offer. My new box of bars came in the mail. Got my banana nut bread right here. You hear that? That's my breakfast. That's my banana nut bread built bar. This thing has 115 calories, 18 grams of protein, 6 grams of fiber, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of fat. It's real easy for me to get all that right because I've got it right here in front of me because this was my breakfast this morning. This tastes like banana nut bread. Indistinguishable, 
you you have to try it. I, I can only say so much about it before you finally just have to try it. Uh, and along with my breakfast, I had some Built Boost this morning. I had the Mango Tangerine Built Boost, all natural energy, no caffeine. If you haven't tried it yet, you're missing out. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On to receive $10 off your first order. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On to receive $10 off your first order. Going to take a break, come back. Dion Imade will join me, uh, and we'll talk everything. Eddie Sutton. Uh, the NCAA allowing players back on campus. Chuba Hubbard teasing us uh, with all these tweets and Instagram posts. That's all coming up next. Stay with me here on Locked on Pokes. Welcome back into Locked on Pokes. Joining me now as he does every single Wednesday, former Oklahoma State Cowboy, Dion Imade. Dion, what's going on? Good long weekend? Yeah, man. I mean, I didn't do too much, but it was a good chance to relax and, and, and hang out with some friends. Did you watch Tiger Woods play golf on Sunday? <laughs> I, can't, I can't lie to you, man. I did not sit down and so watch disappointed. holes of, of Tiger and Peyton and Tom and Phil just, you know, yucking it up and playing golf. I'm kind of, I guess, I found better stuff to do. It was fun to watch Peyton and Tom hit it in the trees in the water. I'll say that. That was fun. <laughs> were they that bad? Uh, early they were. It, this is what was so weird to me. They were, and it wasn't even weird. I knew they were going to be nervous, but they were so nervous. Like even the people who were calling the match were like, "Guys, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning are so nervous. They are really going to struggle to get off this first tee box. I, I don't know how they're going to do it." Sure enough, Brady like shanks one out to the right in the hazard area. Peyton Manning snap hooks one left into a bush. Has to take an unplayable lie. Like these are elite athletes who for two decades have been at the peak of the NFL playing in Super Bowls, and they were so nervous they could barely swing on the first tee. Like, was it visibly? Like, you could see the nerves on them, or it was just like one of those things you didn't notice until they took a swing at the first shot? Yeah, it was more so that the commentators were talking about it, but also, like, it was raining, so you could see, and they were talking to them as they, like, because they were all mic'd up, so they were talking to them as they came to the first tee, and it was like, uh, you you know, you could kind of hear in their voice that they didn't have that confidence. That confidence wasn't there that they were going to step up and pipe it down the middle. So it was kind of cool to see elite athletes nervous like that and struggle like that. Um, but anyway, Dion, bringing you on today, um, what I talked about in the first segment, the big news over the weekend, this is obviously my first show of the week. So we're kind of talking about Eddie Sutton and, you know, just what a big part of the Oklahoma State family he was. And uh, you know what it means to be part of the Oklahoma State family. But I'm just curious, growing up, you grew up in Texas, obviously. So what was your knowledge of and or relationship with Oklahoma State basketball growing up? Uh, it's funny that you asked that because the way I got introduced into Oklahoma State University as a school was through their basketball program with Eddie Sutton and that Final Four team with uh, John Lucas and all that. Yeah, Tony Allen, John Graham, yeah. Yeah. That's how I first, first got introduced to Oklahoma State basketball. I remember they did this little piece on John Lucas when they were going into the Final Four. I think it was on CBS, and they were talking about him and his dad and and everything, and I was just like, huh, just then, and I became an Oklahoma State fan at that stage, and I didn't really, you know, come in, you know, into so much knowledge about the football program until uh, when I was watching them versus Texas, 
And it was and, and it's unfortunate because now that I'm a part of the Oklahoma State family, back then growing up in Dallas, Texas, I mean, you either cheered for the Aggies or you cheered for the Longhorns or, or, you know, one of the big schools over there, if your family had history with that, you know, alumni. Well, for me, it was Texas and finding and those, you got to remember back when I was like really interested in all that with the Vince Young days and the Cedric Benson and all those guys playing and roaming around over there at a, a, Texas and, did, did those guys play in Texas? Horn. I don't remember. I blocked. I blocked that portion of Texas football <laughs> out of my memory. Yeah, unfortunately, those were the years where Oklahoma State was having good teams, and they were, you know, beating up on Texas all up until the fourth quarter. And every year, it seemed like they would have like a, a magical comeback uh, against Oklahoma State. And so that's where I started to like really, you know, be aware of that team and be, really be aware of the Big Twelve, just because of the University of Texas. And but my first my first Oklahoma State team that I really cheered for and was really down for was the Oklahoma State basketball team. Yeah, that's awesome. It was those teams were so much fun whenever Eddie was coaching it, and they were so good, man. NBA talent all over the floor. Uh, Tony Allen obviously was on that team, went on to be one of the greatest defenders ever in the NBA. I, I'm curious. Obviously, you were living in Dallas, you weren't as entrenched in everything that was Eddie Sutton, like like everybody was at Oklahoma State. And you know, I was a big Oklahoma State fan growing up, and I didn't even know that not making the tournament was a thing. I thought you just made the tournament every year. I, I didn't know that teams didn't do that. I was a kid. I'm like, this is just what you do. You should make the tournament. You should win a couple games. Maybe maybe you catch a break at the end and have a chance to go to the Final Four. So, but but I'm more curious to you. Uh, you know, I read in that first segment some of the the things that his players said about him. I'm more curious for you. The coach player relationship is something that I love and is fascinating to me. Uh, who are some of the coaches that you've had, you know, whether it be uh, high school, whenever you even younger than that, college, what, what does that player coach relationship meant to you as you came up playing football? Man, that meant a lot. I mean, kind of, I mean, it's, it's similar because you, you, you hear all the time and you don't really realize it until when you're kind of done playing or you get look at the micro level of the season where it's a situation where kind of like Eddie Sutton and his team where I, the reason I like Oklahoma State basketball is being a football player. I loved how physical they were when they were on the floor as basketball players. Real, I love the quick, way I they played You were from Dallas. So I don't know if you know this. Do you know how he would make them practice if they lost a game they shouldn't have? Man, John Hunziker has told me, told me, excuse me, Dave Hunziker. I'm John Holcomb, John Dave Hunziker. basically one person. <laughs> but both of them have told me this story multiple times. Yes. That they like had a tough defeat or they didn't look physical enough. He would put them in helmets and shoulder pads. Helmets and pads, <laughs> baby. Full contact basketball <laughs> practice. Helmets and pads. Oh, man. I, they love telling me that story. But, yeah, and so, like, after, like, after I – learned more about Eddie Sutton as my years went on with Oklahoma State. I kind of, you know, kind of figured out why I liked the way they played basketball so much. And it was because they took the identity of Eddie Sutton and they put it onto the they, – they say it all the time with players and coaches, like this team has the makeup of their coach or this team mirrors the personality of their coach. And with those teams, you could see it, and it was evident the way it's physical, disciplined, and hard-nosed defense – that these guys played on the court. And that's what I like to see, and that's why I love that team so much. 
And it goes with my playing career. I mean, so much of, of coaching with players and relationships, it, it, you're not going to touch every guy. You're not going to, I mean, it's just like people. I mean, everybody's not going to be your friend. You're not going to like everybody. I've had a few coaches that I did, did not like whatsoever. Uh, and But still, I knew they were my coach, so I had to play for them and I had to respect them. But, you know, there were coaches like, you know, Coach Defoe, who was my safety coach for my my freshman and, and sophomore year who had I had a great relationship with and, and, and liked very much. And, and Coach Jones, who was the cornerback's coach, who was the guy who recruited me. I had a good relationship with him. And the Coach Van Malone, who's now the coach at Kansas State, who I, you know, I was with Coach Malone very, during a very difficult time in my career. I mean, coming off of a knee surgery and, you know, realizing that I wasn't the athlete that I was before and just going through a bunch of stuff in my head. And him, like, being the coach at that time was a lifesaver for me because he took the time to sit down and talk with me and every time, like, it, and it would be, you know, kind of repetitive conversations and him having to explain the same thing over and over to me and me being young and, and, and naive and kind of dumb and not wanting to hear it, but him continually saying to me, you just got to keep putting in the work and getting better and getting that knee stronger before I put you on the field again. And for him to sit down and, you know, instead of just like partially, I'm tired of telling you this, get off the, like, you're not ready to play. You can't play. Get out of here. He would sit down with me and graciously invite me. Like he was the first coach that invited me into his office and say, Hey, let's sit down. Let's talk. And anywhere we were in the facility, Hey, let's sit down and talk. And instead of just, you know, harshly giving me that message at a time that I was kind of sensitive because I, you know, all these dreams that I had were all hanging in the balance. He would sit down and, 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 give it to me in a way that I could handle it at that time. And I truly appreciated that. It's people that reach you on a personal level like that, that you just love playing for. Yeah. And that's all the stuff that happens behind the scenes that people don't see. You know, everybody sees what happens on the sideline when the cameras are on and all the huddles and yeah. all those player coach interactions. You don't see what happens behind the scenes whenever things might be tough for a player and a coach is there for a guy trying to, you know, get him through all that stuff. So uh, that's a good story. It's good to hear. And, you know, it, it's. And, and, and to speak on that though, that's another thing that can kind of backfire on a coach. Like, there's been many a times where you see coaches, you know, kind of take the forefront from the players in celebrations on the sideline and different stuff on camera. And your players can see that. And it, in, in the moment, they might, might get caught up with you and, and, and celebrate with you. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you, some coaches, if, if coaches are listening right now, you have to be very aware of, of what you do when those cameras are on you because your players are watching as well. And in the later in life or in later in games, it'll, it'll affect the way they look at you. That's very interesting. It's very interesting that you bring that up. Uh, this was a great conversation. Great conversation. I wanted to turn the page on the other side of the break. There's been a lot come out since we last spoke about the NCAA uh, regulations, when players are going to be able to be back on campus. Also, we're just kind of hovering, waiting for Chuba Hubbard to announce whatever Chuba Hubbard is going to announce. He says it's a big announcement and everything's going to change. I have no idea what that means. So uh, we're going to talk about all that after the break. want to remind everybody, head over to BuiltBar.com. Check out everything Built Bar has to offer. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order. Taking a break, coming back, wrapping things up with Dion here on Wednesday. Stay with us on Locked On Pokes.
Welcome back. Wrapping things up here on a Wednesday. Dion Amade with me as always. Dion, a um, lot going on in the world of college football right now. Um, obviously, the NCAA trying to figure out when everybody can get back. Individual schools, presidents, states, governors, pres- presidents, universities trying to figure out when should we have players back on campus. And the Big 12 has now made its determination. The Big 12 announced late last week that it would announce that it would allow players back on campus starting June 15th. So that is for voluntary workout type stuff. And then the the proposal was basically uh, a six week OTA style uh, organized team activities and stuff happening in July and August, uh, where you have a two week kind of, um, you you know, workouts, mini camp type deal, and then four weeks of training camp getting you ready for the season. So uh, when would you usually, Dion, be back on campus for voluntary workouts? uh, And do you think that this allows all the players enough time to be ready for the season to start Labor Day weekend, assuming uh, that is when the season gets going? Well, it, with football in the off season, especially the summertime, it all is according to the uh, school schedule. So, whenever those summer classes start back up and players are allowed to come on campus and begin the, and I say this with air quotes, voluntary workouts. So, uh, yeah, I was fixing to say, so how voluntary people, are voluntary workouts? Is it like, yeah, it's voluntary, but if you don't show up, we remember that. So I'm Kobe. Let me let me tell, let me tell you, it's as as the least amount of voluntary you can think of, and then times that by two. That's what voluntary workouts mean in college football. As as the least amount of voluntary as possible. Yeah, I, I totally you know, believe that. You, know what, you I, get what I'm saying? Yes, because I never even played on that level, but I played high school baseball, which, you know, is nothing. It's high school baseball, but we would have, like, optional hitting practice on Sunday nights. But if you weren't able to make it to optional hitting practice on a Sunday night, your chances of starting the game Tuesday night in the in the fall series that we played, they were pretty low. So it's, yeah. you know, yeah, it was optional. You don't have to be there, but there's consequences <laughs> if you're not. Yeah. I mean, some people stay for Maymester, which is that uh, summer classes that takes a month and you can get a, a, a class or, or two out of the way. And, so, and then p- people stay for those workouts as well. But the real summer begins that June uh, summer classes start. And that's when uh, the teams and some of the freshmen report and everything gets kickstarted from there. Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to guys getting back on campus. I, I think that they're going to be able to do it safely. I hope that they're going to be able to do it safely. Uh, I think it'll actually be much easier. You know, the OSSA voted last week to have everything start June 1st, and you don't have to have any restrictions. You can do whatever you want. Now, Oklahoma City Public Schools and I think some other uh, public school areas have said that they're still going to follow some of those guidelines. I actually think that that will be easier to do at the collegiate level because you have so many more, so much of a bigger staff as far as getting everything disinfected, uh, making sure that the weight room you know, uh, before one group leaves and another group comes in, you've got time to disinfect that weight room, make sure everything is safe for everybody. Now, uh, social distancing, look, if, if you're playing football, um, football is not a social distancing sport, Dion. I mean, you, you played football. Nah. This ain't baseball. You can social distance in baseball. Those dudes are 30 feet away from each other at all times. Football ain't really social distancing. So at some point, you know, testing's getting more advanced. We're just going to have to be able to test because you can't social distance and play football. The two don't go together. 
Yeah, as much as the spread offense would make you want to believe that this is uh, a sport <laughs> that you can stay away from people, it's not. I mean, this is a, a situation where guys are going to be uh, close to each other in every facet of the game. I'm talking about on the field, in the workout rooms, in the locker rooms. I mean, everywhere guys are. And, the, and because there's so many more players required to play that sport, it makes it even more of a, you know, a, a kind of a dangerous, potentially dangerous situation if, if somebody contracts the disease while they're all together. Yeah, and it'll be really um, interesting, and hopefully this does not happen. But if it does happen in the fall where the season is ongoing and, you, you know, let's say Iowa State has a player come down with it at practice and then they test and then they find out that nine more guys have it, I mean, now we're getting into a very tricky situation that, that, again, like we talked about last week, I'm glad I don't have to be in the position to make the decisions on these things. Uh, Dion, before we get out of here, I wanted to ask you, Chuba Hubbard has been teasing this big announcement. He tweeted on May 23rd, big announcement coming in a few weeks. Keep your eyes open with the little eyeball emoji. Then on his Instagram, he tweeted, uh, he, he tweeted a Twitter message. Pardon me. Okay, so over the weekend, he posted on Twitter a message. It read YLYC, which stands for Your Life, Your Choice. And then on Instagram, he put Everything is About to Change. I, this is very cryptic from Chuba. I don't know that I think he would tease going to the NFL, but man, I, I don't know. This is weird, and it's making me nervous. Yeah, that's very unsettling to hear from our, you know, athlete of the year over there at Oklahoma State University. It's, uh, I don't want to make assumptions because, I mean, it, because it's a, it's a dangerous game to play. But, I mean, with everybody coming back on campus and the time being what it is and with everything that's going on, I just, I don't know. It's kind of it's it's concerning. It's it's definitely something that uh, that leaves us uneasy. Uh, but I just don't think he would. I don't. I don't know if he would leave us hanging like that if it was something that was like that devastating. You know, he doesn't seem like the type of guy that would, you know, let everything just be. You know, hanging in the balance for everybody without you know an answer to it. Yeah, no, I did see some people on social media talking about uh, him starting a nonprofit organization called Your Life, Your Choice to help support kids who grew up in circumstances uh, similar to his. So maybe this has to do uh, with his nonprofit that he's getting going and, and he just wants to uh, really build up the hype for that. I just can't imagine what... I don't think that he would play with all of our emotions like this if it were the announcement that he were going to forego this season and go to the NFL. I think that that's something that he would just announce. Because I think the last thing he would want to do is make Oklahoma State fans sit on edge for three weeks and then be like, yep, I'm going to the NFL. It it just doesn't strike me as that type of guy. So I don't think it's that, but uh, we'll see here in a few weeks. Dion, a lot of fun as always. Uh, Really enjoyed your Eddie commentary, especially since you grew up, you know, elsewhere, not in the heart of Oklahoma as an Oklahoma State fan, but you were still uh, reached by Eddie Sutton's basketball program. So that was great. That was awesome. Enjoyed it. We'll do it again next week. I can't wait, my man.
Absolutely. That's Dion Amade. He joins me every Wednesday here on Locked on Pokes. Reminder, head over to BuiltBar.com. BuiltBar.com. Check out everything they have to offer. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive $10 off your first order. That is all for this Wednesday. Rest in paradise, Eddie.